Hello, everyone. This is Ricky Baez coming to you from the A1A Beachfront Studios here in beautiful Orlando, Florida. I am... Actually, I'm your captain for today. JC's not here. Anybody seen JC? I'm just kidding. I know where JC is. Uh, no, JC got a lot of stuff going on, so he's taking a little break from the show. But... No need to worry, I am here, and folks, do I have a story for you. Anyway, well, first of all, hi, and welcome to the HR Talk Podcast. I know I said that already, but um, I would like to say that I'm recently back from my European cruise, but no, I've been back for a few weeks now, about two or three weeks now. Let me tell you, if you have the opportunity to go overseas, it is an amazing experience. It's, uh, it, 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 it's just so much to see and do on other parts of the world that are much older than, than the United States. And, and it's just fun. You know, what's not fun flying there and flying back. Man, we have we need to do better, America. We have to do better at um at, at our transportation and flying out of the country. Not much you could do flying back into the country, man, but flying there. We flew from Florida to France. That was an eight hour flight. And we were there for an hour and a half and then rushed to catch our connecting flight over to Barcelona. But I gotta tell you, man, on the way there. The customer service. I don't know what's going on with customer service these days, but um, this was Delta, a Delta flight. Well, really, it wasn't. It was the, we bought the ticket through Delta, but Air France was operating the flight, and uh, I, I don't know what happened. I've never flown to Air France before, but that customer service just is just different than what I'm used to here in Florida. I give you a great example where we we were about to take off um, um, from Miami. Because we drove to Miami to take off, because it was fifteen hundred dollars cheaper per person. Four of us—that's six grand. I rather rent a car and go to Miami. Um, we flew to Miami, and let me tell you, they—the flight attendants, at least the group we had—were not that friendly. You know, we had our, our phones plugged into the back of the uh, seat in front of us, and you know, instead of telling us we need to unplug it, they just started yanking <laughs> the cables from everybody's seats. It was just, it was just weird. And uh, it, the entire flight it was kind of, you know, cold. I mean, I guess I mean, you have first world problems. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the customer service just wasn't there. And then we connected, then went over. Um, to uh, in France over to Barcelona. Now the city of Barcelona, man, my heart goes out to to those. That's just beautiful people over there. Their 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 willingness to help, their friendliness, their personality. That is, if you ever get a chance to go to Barcelona, Spain, go. Trust me, you're not going to have a bad time. It is it, it's it's just an amazing experience. We hopped on a cruise uh, from Barcelona. We went to Marseille. No, first we went to Palma de Mallorca um, in Spain, then Marseille, France, then Rome, Italy, uh, Florence, and Naples, Italy. It was fun, and you know, I mean, the the language barrier wasn't that bad. My family and I speak Spanish um, in. Italy, Italian, and Spanish are similar, and obviously certain different dialects in Spanish in Barcelona that's different, like Castellano or Catalan, I think it was. In France, we were just lost. Uh, but it was fun. It was fun. But I do want to talk about this. I do want to talk about this. Um, the airport in Barcelona, you know what? Not that friendly. It just wasn't for some reason. And uh, the uh, Delta agent just gave us it, – it, it's – 
I don't want to say gave his attitude, but the Delta agent over there just just looked like he didn't want to work there, right? Which I guess that's a lot of people these days. Um, but the reason I'm telling you this story is because I got mediocre customer service on the way there and then somehow on the way back until we got on the Delta flight from Barcelona. Now, this is where I want to talk about this one guy that I met on there. He's a flight attendant over on on, on Delta. And I'm trying to get his name here. <laughs> so, oh, Vicente. Man, let me tell you about Vicente. As soon as we got to the gates, right, I'm thinking, God, it's going to be another eight hours, eight, nine hours flying from Barcelona to JFK. Then we got to go through customs and then fly back to Miami. But you know how sometimes you see a brand new crew, especially for a long flight, just, you know, walk up to the gate as well. There was something about this crew that they were happy it was just, I don't know what it is, but they was just happy. And they was just joking around with each other. The crew's out of Tampa or New York, I think. And they were just starting their uh, their shift with us, leaving from Barcelona to JFK, eight, nine-hour flight. And let me tell you, for a flight to be as long as it was, there's one guy we sent it. And let me describe it to you. I took a picture with him, so I'm going to put it on the website. Um, let me tell you, he's got this, 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 this like surfer hair, right? Something that you normally don't see, um, at a, uh, at a, uh, um, from a Delta Airlines employee. But this dude was so happy to be at work. And I mean, genuinely happy. He was saying hi to everybody and he meant it. He was genuine. He was personable. He was making jokes for people. And I'm thinking, all right, you know what? He just got off a couple of days off in Spain. Who wouldn't be happy? Right. But no, first hour of the flight, he's making jokes with people, just talking to everybody he could, trying to make him as comfortable as possible. And I'm thinking by hour three, that energy is going to go away. Nope. Vicente kept going and his energy was just through the roof, not through the roof or knowing like consistently high. The energy was consistently high. I got to make sure I see that. <laughs> and um, he was, he made that flight seem like it was 30 minutes. I'm telling you, this is, I'm making a big deal out of this because this is what's missing in customer service today. Genuine willingness to help. Genuine willingness to be there for the customer. Not just collecting a paycheck, actually enjoying what they're doing. Vicente and his crew look like they truly, honestly enjoy what they were doing. So Delta Airlines, I got to tell you, hats off to Vicente. You guys did an amazing job in training that group because let me tell you, um, 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 I I, I exchanged this information because I told him, look, I own a podcast. I own a, a um, an HR company. I'm going to do a story about you, and I'm going to send you this information. You let me know if you want to come on. So he's going to hear the Vicente. This is for you, my friend. Uh, thank you very much for being so so uh, cordial with my family, helping my family, and then you know keeping my son entertained. This is what customer service is all about. So Delta. I got to tell you, <laughs> connect with your boy Vicente because he knows what he's doing. The crew knows what they're doing. And thank you very much for having that kind of employee out there. It, it, it's, it was just awesome. Uh, so that said, that said, folks, if you remember about a couple of months ago, JC and I went to the, uh, um, the, the 2023 Space Coast HR Conference in Port Canaveral, Florida. That was uh, in uh, – not October. That was in April. That was in April. 
Yes, and we were there, and of course we have a great time. JC does his thing with the uh, with the MC. I'm manning the uh, the podcast booth. I'm helping out and just connecting with people. And we connected with this group, and it's their names is David Jones and Felix Pulido, and they run an outfit called Diversity of Thought Inc. And it's Dottie for short. And what they do, they are a diversity and inclusion consultancy firm. And this is, I love their, their, um, their, um, uh, their mission statement. Elevate humanity, no, excuse me, elevate humanity through business. And I, it's, I cannot agree more. These folks really get it. They get what it means to connect with other employees. They get what it means to connect with different types of people and bringing them together for the common good of the organization. And they also, they have a really interesting way how to connect with stakeholders to communicate to the stakeholders, the importance of having a good DEI process and a good DEI strategy. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and and get talking to David and Felix, ladies and gentlemen. This is David Jones, Felix Polida of Diversity of Thought. Check it out, gentlemen. Gentlemen, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good morning. Good morning. If if uh, we were any better, we'd be you. Uh, that is not a goal. That is not a goal, man. Let me tell you, uh, man. It's been a while since we last talked. We met you guys over at uh, uh, Space Coast um, Sherm over in um, in in Cape Canaveral. That was what two three months ago, right? Wow. Yeah, right? I believe so. Uh, April, was it April? It was April. That was when they went. Yeah. You know what? I loved that session because we got to go outside and watch a rocket launch. I don't think there's ever, I don't think there has ever been any HR conference where we can time it as good as we did this uh, past April, where you can step outside and see a rocket launch into space from, uh, from Cape Canaveral. I never thought in my career that I'll be able to say that. That's, uh, that's, that's one of our selling points of why organizations and individuals should come here to the space coast. (laughs) Uh, it's one of the very few places that you can sit on a beach, drink a beer, and watch a shuttle going out. You got that right. <laughs> you got that right. I, I mean, again, you know, I mean, I don't know if if you remember, I, I know where I was in 1999 at the turn. Actually, I was in downtown Orlando with, with a couple of buddies of mine from the Marine Corps, and uh, I was there. Everybody else is worried about Y2K. I don't know if you guys remember that. Everybody's worried about that, and yeah, we're at a bar. <laughs> Hanging out, not a worry in the world. Um, but I ne- again, back then, I never thought I'll be able to go to the beach and watch a rocket launch like that. So it was it it, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And Felix, that was your first launch, correct? That was my first launch in person. As David has been marketing so hard about the Space Coast, I finally <laughs> got to go over there. And he's always talking about these rockets going up. And there was actually a rocket. There was actually a rocket. There, yeah. a rocket it's a different scientist. Experience. It, it, yeah. it, it really is. And, and you know, that's why I love Florida. I, I know this is not an episode about Florida. This is an episode about you guys, actually. Because, you know, when when we met you over at the event, what what drew me to your initiative is the diversity aspect. Now, you own, you guys own a company called Diversity of Thought. Why don't you tell, tell the audience a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, Diversity of Thought, Inc., um, or as we like to call her, Dottie, our mission is to elevate humanity through business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a learning and development consulting um, organization. So we come in and we help organizations with their learning and development efforts. Uh, but our most popular program 
that we do with organizations um, is creating a culture of winning and belonging, mm. uh, which is centered around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And how do you not just understand it, but actually use it, apply it to becoming, uh, to be a part of what you do every day, but also use it as a business strategy to grow your business. Uh, organizations that aren't utilizing this work uh, as a growth tool are, are severely behind. Mm. And so we come in and we help get buy-in from all stakeholders inside the organization, because that's very key, particularly in this work. Mm. Um, and then we find engaging and fun ways to bring it to life in which people are often surprised. And I think that's, I think that part for us is great because some of our uh, feedback that's most consistent is I didn't think we could have a good time doing like diversity, equity, and inclusion workshops. And we're like, yeah, you can. Can we talk about that real quick? Because uh, it, look, look, I've been doing this for 22 years, this whole HR thing. And part of the HR thing is the diversity and inclusion process. That is one of my favorite parts. But I've always heard that. I've always heard I never knew this diversity class could be fun. So that begs the question, why do people think diversity class is not fun? I mean, why, 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 do, why does it have that stigma? So I, I think at times organizations shoot themselves in the foot. I, I, I've worked for organizations and I've come in on organizations and they lay out DEI work in the weirdest way. They're like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start this process and it's going to be messy and we're going to make mistakes, uh. but we're going to pull through this. <laughs> And I'm like, do you set up any other aspect of business <laughs> that way? It's like, we right, have a new sales strategy. It's going to be difficult. It's going to uh, be horrible. But eventually it's going to work. You know, uh, it's it's the setup at times, just organizationally, one, is challenging. And then um, there are also other entities that will make people believe that this work is about something that it's not. Mm, uh, mm. DEI work is not about... Uh, separating people because there are differences. It's about understanding the uniqueness of individuals and how we come together and utilize that to grow and move forward. And when you can do that in a beautiful way, everybody wins. Everybody. Mm. Now, now, who started the organization? Was it you or was it you and Felix? Uh, it was So it started with me. Yeah. Uh, and it actually started with me and my mom. Oh. Uh, she, she was an HR professional for... Uh, God rest her soul, like the majority of her life. She was the uh, vice president of human resources for several, uh, for two different colleges. Okay. And so I just grew up, you know, I, I was a weird kid, man. Like I grew up knowing HR policies when I wasn't supposed to. Know <laughs> like, I was at Wendy's at my first job. Like, I don't think you could do that. Like they were clocking people. And you were like 16, like, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that violates HR policies. And they're like, what is this kid talking about? That is hilarious. <laughs> All so, right. Um, and and she retired and uh, we had always, and I went into learning and development. And so we always talked about coming together to do something. And so she came out of retirement. We started this company. Uh, we needed a really cool name and we wanted to make it mean something. And so my grandmother's name was Dorothy. Everybody called her either Dot or Dottie. So we're like, how can we make this company be Dot or Dottie? Um, and she's like, oh, diversity of thought. And I'm like, hey, there we go. Go ahead. Start okay. the company. Absolutely ecstatic. I'm going to be working with my mom. I love her to death. Two weeks later, she's like, you know what? I miss retirement. I'm going out. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wait, wait, wait. So some people, what they do, they retire and they say, I miss working. I'll go back to work. You're saying not only did she do that, she went into the business. She said, you know what? I miss retirement. And you know what? Well earned. 
If you worked all yeah. those years and you climb all those ranks to be the VP of HR for two colleges, mind you, yeah, you deserve some time off. So I don't blame her oh, at yeah. all. And I wasn't mad at all. Yeah. Um, you know, just to get me to that point was fantastic. And yeah. then, um, and then I just, I, I ran from there. Although I will say we started at such an interesting time because, uh, end of 2019 and then into 2020, is when we uh, actually launched, and and we all know what took place at that oh, time. Oh wow, so, it's that recent, huh? Yes, uh, yes, yeah. We uh, <laughs> we were we 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 launched during COVID, and oh, it was interesting. Okay. That you know, I feel bad for small businesses that launch during, especially the service industry, like a restaurant, because I know yeah. how difficult it is first to run one, but then to have put all your eggs in one basket. It's hard enough as it is to have a restaurant survive within the first year. But then if you start, if you thought of opening in February of 2020, <laughs> you know, I mean, what it's, it's, I, I just feel bad for organizations like that. So, so, okay. So you start, you and your mom started this, um, it, it's in, in 2019. So Felix, I'm going to talk to you real quick. How did you, how did you come along? Did they just find you at a public and say, Hey, come over here and work with us. Or did you guys know each other? And by the way, I said Publix because I love their subs. I I was going to say, while you can always find me at a Publix, (laughs) uh, you may not want to approach me because I'm trying to memorize my order to get my sub right. Got it. Uh, (laughs) it. (laughs) I've known David uh, from our Best Buy tenure, um, where we came up uh, through the ranks uh, as peers at first, and then he ended up being my manager. And I mean, talk about the best case scenario. What a what a one in a million story where a peer uh, assumes the rank of leader and actually makes the team better because of it. Look at that. And so for that, I've always had kind of an affinity for David's leadership and the talent, the way he looks at a talent bench and having recruits lined up. We were operating at at, at level 100, right, while the company just kind of like was ascending to that rank. Uh-huh. So I knew if he could do that within an organization that had like boundaries, right, respectfully boundaries, what could he do once he opened his organization um, by himself? Okay. And so as soon as he uh, was talking about opening up a, a learning and development organization, I'm like, man, I wish I had the guts to do that. I chose the safer route of staying in the matrix. So it's called <laughs> um, and continuing to do learning and development for corporates. And then, but I stood in contact with David and um, man, hearing him meet all of the influential and powerful people. I was living vicariously through him. I knew deep down that's what I wanted to do, but I chose, you know, uh, to diversify my income instead through safer means. Yeah. Uh, which uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Head. It got to a head, and I'm yeah. like, this isn't what I want. I don't want the safe employment <laughs> income, and I just dove head in. And uh, luckily, you know, it was an easier conversation because we were talking from the get go. Gotcha. Yeah. And and yeah. and you know what? And here's the thing: it, it's uh this is this is why I love having these kinds of conversations because none of this is planned the way think people think it is. People only see the outcome, right? And and one of the things that fascinates me the most, going back to uh, to uh, David, is the reason. What was the straw that broke the camel's back? What what happened? Or I don't know if you remember, well, you know, being sitting there. You know what? I'll say this: Have you seen Star Wars? You like Star Wars? Oh, 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 dude. Okay. Okay. Good. We're in good company then. So one of my favorite scenes of Star Wars is episode three when Anakin just 
it's 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 struggling with turning over to the dark side and there's like a couple of a scenes of uh, looking at the city and they're looking at Anakin and he's struggling whether he should go to the dark side or not so that's how I see this right especially with what uh, Felix just said you know um, there's nothing wrong with the matrix there's nothing wrong with corporate America but sometimes it's not for some people sometimes you know it really is safe so you have to have that adventure DNA that that adventure gene to go out and say this is what I want to do. So David, what was the thing that says you know what this is not for me? I need to launch this right now. You know, so I, first I'll say um, our time at Best Buy was absolutely amazing, and outside of my own company, best job I ever had. Yeah, uh, best comp- best company I ever worked for. It was it was phenomenal. I learned so much. I grew so much. Um, but I was, uh, I was, you know, I survived, I believe three reorgs and then the fourth one got me mm. and, you know, I I'd say in my head, I just kept thinking, I don't really want to be beholden to somebody, you know, to an organization's decision on what positions they're going to have versus yeah. what positions they're not going to have, what direction they're going to go in versus what direction they're not going to go in. And I understood it. I, I, I absolutely did. There was no ill will. Yeah. Um, but I just, I looked around and I also had like a seven year itch, man. I would work for organizations for about seven years. And then I'd be like, I want to do something else. Um, I've been truly blessed to say that we've been very successful with the careers that I've chosen. And so I wanted to start my own. I, I, I've always had it in my mind. I wanted to have my own business. Um, and so we launched this, I said during COVID and then something, um, uh, tragic happened. Uh, George Floyd was murdered Mm. and, as the world was starting to reopen, people were talking differently. The BIPOC community was significantly more vocal and organizations were like, we need to do DEI stuff now because we're bringing people back into the workforce and they're coming back different than the way they were when they left. And who can help us with this change? And And I have to admit it, I first was like, hey, we're not just a DEI organization. I get it. The term is diversity of thought. We like to challenge the way people look at things. You have to you have to think about how we do business and adapt it and change for today versus doing things we've always done things. So that was more so along the lines of where we were looking at with the term diversity of thought. But with diversity in the title, everybody just assumed, well, you're a diversity, equity, and inclusion company. And I'm like, well, we have a program. There you go. Yes. Um And so we just, you know, I quit fighting it. Somebody very smart said, hey, this is what people are going to see you as. And it's in demand. Why are you upset? And I'm like, that's a really good point. That's a good point. (laughs) Absolutely Uh, good point. We just, we dove in and uh, we immediately started helping organizations with how to come back from COVID with this new mindset that the workforce has where they were expecting more and they want, and they were demanding better. Mm. And we said, Hey, this isn't a bad thing. This is actually a really good thing that you can utilize to strengthen your organization. If you know how, and um, you know, I, I got to tell you, it's, it's so amazing that I can't get bored because we work in every industry. Uh. We, we have clients in the healthcare industry, in the finance industry, in the environmental industry, we have municipalities, um in 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 retail hospitality like every industry we we are we have the ability to walk in and actually work with that organization mm-hmm. and so i think that where i used to get that seven year itch of like i got to go do something else 
it feels like that's impossible because every day I'm like, oh, my God, I have to learn about what now? <laughs> I never knew I would have to learn more about fair lending practices or I never knew I'd have to learn more uh, about the fact that nutrients aren't good to go into our lagoon. Because when I thought nutrients, I thought like, you know, human beings, we want nutrients, right? And they're like, that's, that's what I nutrition thought. day. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm that's what I thought. You, it is. <laughs> It is such an interesting um, and amazing life that we get to live mm -hmm. by helping leaders create and organizations really just create environments where people can thrive and they use it as a business strategy and not as it starts off at times as this extra thing that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then we help them weave it into becoming who they are. It's just an organization that understands that people are its greatest resource, mm. you know, and, and I think especially today. And Felix and I are having a lot of fun with this because we are diving so deep into the AI stuff, man. It, like, like We have to be able to teach leaders how to lead in this new world, including with AI. And so- um, That's a whole different conversation. I could oh, be on man. that for hours, man. Hours. <laughs> and and, 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 and uh, he and I sometimes are like, we're supposed to get something done and we'll go down rabbit holes. Hey. We're, we're, yep. um, we're getting fully ingrained and utilizing as many AI systems as possible because we have to understand how to teach people how to lead through this next evolution of change. Yep. And um, it's very important to us that what we do is authentic. Ooh, that's the A word that I love. Authenticity. I don't know what happened, guys. I don't know what happened to authenticity and being genuine. For some for, for some reason, it fell down to the wayside in the past couple of years. And, you know, and you said something really interesting. You said that um, peop the people who left are not the same people who are coming back. And and that hit me. All right. So I'm going to switch over to Felix. All right. So Felix. So working at diversity of thought, how it, it, it's is, is it ever a time when you go meet a client and you're really, really nervous? Not not that you're not able to to deliver, but or any of you have any of you thought, wow, this is a touchy subject. I don't know if this is something we should be touching right now. Have, have has that thought yeah. ever entered your mind? That's a, that's an everyday thought. And I think that comes from having a hyper awareness of where other people are coming from, mm -hmm. right? You can, as you've probably heard, two people may not agree that the sky is blue. Every single conversation is now scrutinized at least a level deeper. And are we ever perfect in our approach? I'd like to think we strive for it, but yeah. at times we sometimes reel back, even within our private conversations with the, with each other, we're like, ah, yeah, we probably went too far on that one. <laughs> Uh, right? yeah. Or like, yeah, let's rein it back on in. Um, because we practice with each other, that helps us have a client, a better client relations. Mm -hmm. And we encourage that in our work as well. Uh, man, if you told me that I would be working on building a civics academy to help everyday constituents learn more about their municipal, state, and federal governments, I, I would have called you crazy. I fell asleep during my U.S. government class. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right, Mr. Slowy, I apologize, but uh, here I am now uh, working with the client. And while I could be intimidated that I don't know the Constitution backward and forward, or I've yeah. never really engaged with a, a political official directly on a one to one basis to get a policy passed, it, I see as a lifelong learner, I see these all as exciting opportunities. Uh, to engage and inject uh, some of our work and principles into making this world a better place through their business. Oh, nice. So cool. nice. nice. Um, with, with that lens, yeah, we operate forward. And yeah, there's a little bit of fear of maybe not getting it right, but the excitement overcomes all of that. 
And, and Ricky, it's it's uh, it's about creativity. Um, and so funny, we said, what are we going to talk about? What are we not going to talk about? Here, here, here's here's where it gets interesting in the state of Florida. I have clients that want to do DEI work, but are worried because of how certain aspects of the political world mm-hmm. has um, classified their perspective of DEI yep. and what they are saying DEI accomplishes. And so I understand that when I'm working with stakeholders um, that are the decision makers and they have to be extraordinarily cautious about how they move forward because they may get funding um, from the state or they may um, just don't want to create an enemy. And so they have the fear of walking into this uh, work. And, you know, one of the things that we like to say is we focus on the science and not the shame of DEI. And it's true. Mm. It's very true. Uh, we're, we're big time Brene Brown people. So oh, yes. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a true believer that you can't shame people to change. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. That's right. uh, and so what we do is, is we work heavily on getting buy-in around the work from all stakeholders, but particularly the group that uh, at times is, is find some challenges within this work. And that is uh, white men. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned and I learned so much at Best Buy. Uh, we did so many good things, man, but we didn't always do it well at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I remember some of the DEI efforts when we launched, we just, we didn't do it in a way that was beneficial for everyone. And But we didn't run from that. What we did is we learned from it. We sat down and said, tell us why you feel this way. Tell us what, like, what is it about what we're doing that makes you feel that this work doesn't include you? And then it allowed us to go sit back down and say, what if we approached it in this light? Because it is significantly more inclusive. You can't create inclusion by by creating exclusion. It doesn't work. <laughs> it never works. And so you can't, you can't exclude white men. You can't, ex- you can't exclude anybody. Yeah. And say and, and say I want to create an inclusive environment. And so today, as most of our clients are here in Florida, and we're national, we 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 go everywhere. But most of our clients today are in Florida. Um, you know, I, I like to tell a story about how we work. Uh, particularly, like if the HR manager is like, "Hey, I'm going to bring you into my CEO," but they're a little worried. Um, and I say, "Talk to me," and I and I and I listen to what they're worried about. And I had a client where um, it wasn't just this, it wasn't a CEO, it was a board. And they're like, hey, we have members of the board that are worried about moving through this work because, you know, the state has made certain mm-hmm. uh, hmm, proclamations of what they think that this uh, work really is. Proclamations. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay. And, and, you know, and I said, let's meet them. And I sat down and I said, hey, let's, let's address the elephant in the room. I understand why some people don't want to do this work. Uh, I don't know how to swim. You know, it's just I'm not from Florida. I'm from Texas. People always give me crap about it, but I don't know how to swim. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And so if you if I'm walking around a pool and you either pretend to push me in or you're trying to push me in, my fight or flight's going to kick in yep. significantly strong. Like if I can run, I'm going to run. That's it's always flight first. And Felix mm-hmm. knows that if I run, you run. <laughs> uh, but if I can't run. And I've done this before. I had a buddy pretend like he was going to push me in. And I grabbed him. I threw him in. And I jumped back. And oh. I was just like, listen, like, oh, wow. I, I, I absolutely get that fight or flight stance when you don't know how to swim. It's yeah. scary. And what I find is, is that sometimes when organizations approach this DEI work, they just push everybody in and they say, listen, we're going to do this. It's going to be messy. It's going to be, <laughs> but you have no choice. 
push. And I said, and this is why do you think people that have never had to think about this, who have never really had to address certain things, we're just going to we're going to trigger them on their emotional response because humans are more emotional than they are logical just by throwing them into some very uncomfortable waters. And what we do is we create a space where we say, I'm going to show you how you could put your foot in to see if this interests you. Uh, And then we're going to take you in the shallow end. And then we're going to take you a little further in. And what I love about what we do is by the time we get into the shallow end, we usually have them saying, when can we go swimming in the deep end? We get it. This is amazing. I love the fact that I can swim. We're healthier because of this. We're, you know, like it's, it, it, it's, it's, it hasn't failed us yet. And that's where I think separate us. Cause we don't walk in and just say, sure, we'll do whatever you want. We walk in and we say, tell me what you've done. Tell me what's happened because of what you've done. What are you trying to get accomplished? And let's build a program specific for you to get you to your goals. And let's find a way to make sure that we could try to keep everybody along that journey. Not everybody stays on the journey. When we were at Best Buy, some people decided to say this isn't for us and they left. And that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, it, it was it's an open. Nobody was forced to work anywhere. So, OK, so here here's here's where where it really gets me going, because I started my HR career in diversity and inclusion training in uh, a long time ago. Somebody called me. I'm not going to say who, but an organization called me in um, so we can do so I can do diversity training. But I was the afterthought. Somebody else was picked and it went horribly wrong. <laughs> Are we wrong? And then I went in. So that's the first question I asked. What happened and why am I here? Right? How can I help you? And they told me that they brought this lady in and they were afraid she was going to be too fluffy. Right? No, she went the exact opposite way. She went too hard. And long story short, what ended up happening was is that she went too hard and she did not read the room. She did not know how to take the temperature because she was not she was not aware of what she was saying because she got people sitting next to each other. Person A has been experiencing racism the her entire life, sitting literally two feet away from person B who's never experienced it ever and person b thinks it doesn't exist and person a is exaggerating and this person just let that going old wounds opened up people were mad it made things worse so they called me in and i'm like oh wow okay so this client wanted me to just check a box wouldn't let me talk to uh, to their leaders wouldn't let me talk to anybody and that's when i'm like you know what i'm not i'm i'm not for you I'm not for you because if I can't talk to your leaders, if I can't talk to your employees, here's what's going to happen. They're going to love it because this was a, uh, a, uh, a a construction type company and they're always outside. So, yeah, they're going to have fun in my class. I got coffee, donuts and air conditioning. Who's not going to have fun there? Right. Especially when you work outside and what's going to happen. We're going to spend four hours. there doing all these great things. They're going to have fun. But when they go back to the office, their leadership are not going to be on board. And they're going to say, I'm glad you have fun, but whatever Ricky says not going to happen here. And nothing's going to change. So what do you think is going to happen when the CEO's golfing with his buddy? Hey, how did that, uh, how did that training go? Oh, it sucked. <laughs> and then I get given a bad name. So that's why as soon as I hear, we just need you to check a box. This is when I respectfully decline, right? And I'm assuming based on what you told me, you, you do the same thing, right? You know, it. 
we have the ability to decline yes mm-hmm. we we try to look at holistically at, at at a few things though even if they have the wrong mindset is it possible to get them to the right mindset and if i can at least talk to that leadership mm. to your point then i feel like there's an opportunity for us to still effectively make change but if there's a barrier to where they're not even accessible at all and it's obvious it's like this is going to happen just to say it happened um, then no, because to your point, what we don't want is we don't want our brand to be affiliated yep. with something that is that was cute, but it's not real. Yep. You know, for us, um, you know, our, our our mission statement is to elevate humanity through business. The reason why that's the case is because business is the one place where we all come together, no matter what you look like, love like, believe like we have to all come together to earn a living. And so what an amazing place to start to try and elevate humanity, because it's where we all come together and intersect. Uh, But leadership is so pivotal in our mission statement, because if the leaders don't really carry on or carry through what it is that we come in with, then it was for nothing. Mm. And as, as great as getting money is, that's not what our mission is. That's right. Our mission is to elevate humanity through business. So that's what I mean when I was like, we we take a look at, is there a possibility of changing that organization's mindset? And if there is, we're going to jump in and do everything that we can, because then we feel like we could be effect, we can effectively accomplish our mission. And one of the outcomes is they happen to pay us, but that's never <laughs> our goal. I got it. Um, you know, it's just, you know, that that's that I think that's another reason why. Um, people are at times shocked because we find so many different creative ways of working with um, organizations, large and small. We do community workshops for small uh, and medium businesses that can't really afford to shut down for two days and bring us in to do some extensive work. Um, We say, no, get your CEOs out here. Uh, We'll do a two and a half hour workshop. We compartmentalize it so they could do it in three different parts at three different times um, and then walk away with game plans on how they can effectively lead different, market different, um, sell different, whatever it is that they're they're trying to accomplish, how can they use this work mm. to truly benefit them and uh, the individuals around them, whether that is their employees or their clients um, or even their uh, their volunteer base or their 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 funders because we work a lot with nonprofits as well. Ah so what, what so you know and he, and and here's the thing this is this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart and the reason that is is be look it's i was born in puerto rico raised in the south bronx and then i i came down to uh to orlando when i was 15 i don't know any of you been to the south bronx i am literally your story except for being born in puerto rico oh is that born right with puerto rican parents in the south bronx across the street from the yankee stadium on 161st and then we moved to orlando whoa 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 yeah Wait a minute. I grew up four blocks from Yankee Stadium, McCombs Road. No, oh, I was on Walton. You was so you was by okay, I'm sorry, David. Uh so Walton, there's a there's a school there, 117, right? 117. 117 yeah. Okay, yeah. oh man, we got stories because I was growing up there in the 80s, man, and that was back when hip hop was big and there was a lot of summer we could talk about that all day long. Okay, so Felix, because <laughs> I could be on that all day long. No, look, yeah. it, it, so so I, I've been exposed because in the South Bronx, all you see, I'm just going to be honest, where I grew up in the 80s, all you saw was Hispanic and Afro, 
African-American. That's it. If you were white, maybe you was a cop or a teacher. That's just been my experience. I know that's not the case. But then I moved to Orlando, and it was a huge shift for me. So for me, the the different growing up in different cultures didn't start for me from a business sense. It started for me when I was growing up in my teens over over in high school. So, Felix, let me ask you this, um, you know, working with diversity of thought, what is the one thing that you're like, man, this is what makes me wake up in the morning. This is what I love. This is why I love coming to work. You got to hear a bit about my entrepreneurial spirit that I just finally could not ignore any longer. So that helps, right? When I look at my schedule and it's like, I made that, it feels good. Mm -hmm. There's self-fulfillment in that. And then when I get in front of a computer, I have the power to reach millions Mm -hmm. at this point, right? Eventually billions and then eventually we'll take over the world, right? (laughs) With with unity. But I see that um, endless potential, I don't see a ceiling for this company. I don't see a ceiling for how much impact we can bring in. Um, as David once said many, many, many years ago, once the world is united, then the aliens will visit us. I think that'll be the benchmark for when we hit our ceiling. <laughs> that I'm sorry. Let me pause you for a second. That is an awesome T-shirt. That is an awesome T-shirt. Once the world is united, the aliens will visit us. That's right. <laughs> I like that. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just had to pause there for a second. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so once more, we're working. You you hear that while we try to change mindsets as best as we can, ultimately, if we're if you're a client of ours, you're going to be a pleasure to work with. Mm-hmm. And I love our clients that we're working with. Lots of them come from places of um, humility, even though they have empires of business mm-hmm. or empires of uh, funders and things like that, like big names that you would... And just that humility, it's that glass ceiling. Okay, so going back to the Bronx, right? I didn't know my first millionaire until I made it several levels high at Best Buy. And then I got to meet somebody who had deep pockets. And then my first conversation with them was so real, so true that they weren't the bad guy that they were painted out to be. (laughs) You see that? Right? They're not Mr. Smithers in the office. Yes, right? Like, I'm Mr. Burns. Yes, Smithers. (laughs) they're they're people too and i mean i just continue to break these these glass walls that i put up myself listening to other people that oh they're evil or they're like that and i mean that exists in denominations of religion it Mm. exists in classes it exists in um colors and shades of people i that's one thing about this work that i truly truly enjoy is learning what else is there because we've put up these glass walls that we can easily bust through if we want to a lot of people use it as their safety place and end up coming short in life because of it. I think that's a, because I think that's a perfect way to end this. It, 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 it's people put up their own glass walls and they they're restricted by their own glass walls. So what I'm taking away from that is you put up your own barriers. You got nobody to play, blame but yourself and putting up those barriers. So folks. Guys, I could talk about this all day long. And now I know you're from the Bronx. We're going to talk even more. Oh, you know what? One quick question. What's your favorite hip-hop group? Oh, you my better goodness. not say anybody from these days. You better not say I'm anybody. So, I, if I can't say anybody from these days, I have to say Biggie. Okay, okay. I got you with it Biggie. Has to be. I got you. Yeah. I'm a Wu-Tang fan. I, I, oh, okay. I grew up with Wu-Tang. I grew up with slick uh, with a Slick Rick. And Okay. Uh, David, yeah, what about yeah, you? I, I, all, all these New York, all you New York cats. Oh, uh, don't, don't, don't come with I, Tupac. I'm, I'm, 
No, listen, man. Growing up, all I did was listen to Pac. I was in love, man. I really was. I cried <laughs> when that man died. I'm yeah, not gonna lie, but yeah. Al, but Outcast is Outcast has always been. That's what thing, I'm talking man. about. That's, yeah, we're gonna have another show about, about that because let me tell you, you, you know, once I left the Bronx, and you, you know, again, I grew up in an environment where where you know, to me, hip hop. That's to me, that's all it was. I grew up Catholic and with hip hop, and I thought that's all there was in the world until I moved down here, right? And then that was, and then right. I went. To, to the Marine Corps, a whole different story. But look, gentlemen, here's what I want to do. I want to invite you guys back. I want to take a deeper dive on this. Maybe do a webinar. Because this is, you know, you know, we cannot talk, especially in these days, especially the last two political cycles. You cannot confine diversity. You cannot confine equity and inclusion in just 30 to, to 40 minutes. We're going to have to take a deeper dive, right? So I would love to invite you guys back to have a deeper conversation on this. Because, look, it, it, it's to me... This is how I got started in HR, and this has been a bread and butter for me in HR, and this is something I truly believe in because exactly how you said, let's have conversations. If you have an issue, let's not ignore the elephant in the room. Let's have a conversation about the elephant in the room, and then let's see what, 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 what comes out of it. So David and Felix, what is one thing? I'll start with David first. What is one thing, one thing you want the audience to walk away with today? Oh, wow. There's one thing, man. I'm not gonna take so. I, I it's like okay to say that Wu Tang Clan gonna, is one of the best hip hop groups out there. It really is okay to say that. Yeah, you, you know what's so funny is, and it, when I think Wu Tang Clan, and I like Wu Tang, but I always go back to the Chappelle Show Wu Tang Clan. So like that, <laughs> that's that's just where my mind goes. I got you. Um, if if there's one thing that I want people to take away with this is that please understand that this work is not it's not divisive. Mm. Um, if done wrong, it can be, but that's like anything else that exists. If done wrong, it can be bad, but when done right, it can be one of the most powerful tools that you have as an organization, mm. as a community, um, whatever you're trying to improve. So please understand that, uh, no matter what you hear about diversity, equity, and inclusion, think about it like this. If people are happy, what happens around you? Productivity mm. gets higher, turnover goes down, people make more money, customers are happier. When people do not feel like they belong, what happens? Everything gets worse. There's, you know, it's just there's everybody wins when we lean into this work, when we do it the right way. Mm. So that's what I really genuinely hope people take away with this. Don't listen to people out there saying this work is bad. I don't know if they had a bad experience. I don't know what is driving the p- certain individuals to feel like this work isn't pivotal or important or powerful. Uh, but what I will say is it absolutely is pivotal, important, and powerful. Thank you. And Felix? So the yin to the yang, I would say your leaders are the most uh, powerful people in your organization, right? With that attitude, with that compensation, with that amount of responsibility comes a certain duty uh, to not only make your company better, but to also ensure that the communities in which you serve are also because are also better because of you. Mm. And with work being the second place that you spend the most time at, what a better opportunity than this your work day to introduce this work, leadership development workshops, and anything that makes those leaders a better steward uh, for your community. Awesome. Wow, you know what? And we'll leave it at that, folks. 
David, Felix, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. We're definitely going to plan on having you guys come back on. Do I got some commitment to come back on? Because I have fun. I don't know about you guys. I'm putting yeah. you in the spot. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even ask us about our sign. So, yeah. we definitely Oh, wait, wait. So, you know what? Want to leave that as a cliffhanger? Oh, yo, yes. Let's is- leave that as a cliffhanger. Because now that you pointed it out, David... <laughs> <laughs> so all right let's leave that as a cliffhanger so folks thank you very much dry safe good night folks how about that right look i'm serious these guys are going to come back they were great we have a lot more to talk about but uh we're going to bring them back we're, we're actually going to be talking about doing a webinar coming soon so stay tuned for that and speaking about upcoming events are you guys going to the HR Florida State Conference coming up here the end of uh, of August? Because we're going to be there. Janine Crocky and I are going to be at the Florida HR Conference in September on, excuse me, September, listen to me, um, uh, on, from August 27th until August 30th. Janine and I are going to go live on August 29th. We're going to be talking about staying ahead of the game and attracting, selecting, and retaining talent, something that actually Janine and I did a show on that this past Wednesday, uh, Wednesday the uh, the uh, 28th, um, where we did a free webinar, and there's more coming uh, with this free webinars talking about um, uh, attracting, retaining talent. Folks, whatever you was doing before, it's not going to work going forward. You have to know how to stay ahead of the game and, uh, and, and really know what kind of strategies, what kind of triggers to pull to make sure you are attracting the right talent and keeping the right talent on board. Also, later on this year, on October 1st, I'm going to be at the Maryland Sherm Annual State Conference. This is going to be at the Hyatt Regency Chesapeake Bay Golf Resort, sorry, Spy Marina. This is in Cambridge, Maryland. We're going, I'm going to be there on actually from the 1st to the 3rd. I'm speaking on October, actually on the 3rd. Johnny C. Taylor is going to lead things off, and Rachel uh, Drunken Miller is going to be there as well, and myself, Ricky Baez. It's going to be a fun time. For tickets, just go to MarylandSherm.org. That's MarylandSherm.org. And for the HR Florida Conference, just go to HRFlorida.org for those tickets. So, folks, it's about that time. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. We're going to get more episodes here coming out, but stay tuned for Bicycle Learning. You're going to get more information of those free webinars coming up. That said, have a good one. Drive safe and good night. <laughs>